We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Ducks versus Huskies. There goes James to the right side. Going to drive hard. Going to get into the end zone. Touchdown, Oregon. Get out of my way. Good snap. Good hold. Kick is on the way. Kick is up. End over end kick. He's this is a Pac-12 Championship Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. Online at modspdx.com. Wide right by about a yard. That one stings. Pac-12 Championship Week with Danny and Dusty on 1080 The Fan. Hour number three here on Danny and Dusty on a Tuesday afternoon, which means it's time for three up, three down, three things we like, three things we did coming out of the NFL weekend that just concluded. Jeff Russ, give me that sweet, sweet, sweet NFL music. Oh, yeah. All right, it was a weird, fun weekend. Uh, it was craptacular last night on Monday Night Football with sure was, that absolute abortion of a game. Other than that, what did you like coming out of this weekend, Mr. All right, uh, I'm going to start my first up is going to be Fly Eagles Fly, baby. Mm. Without Lane Johnson, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles oh, at oh, home great. in a tor- terrible weather game pull out an overtime win. I think that like it, it is really hard to quantify like the importance of having that left tackle. I saw a Hembo from ESPN. Mm-hmm. He tweeted out like, "Look, the 49ers when Trent Williams is out for two games, lost him by an average of 17 points mm-hmm. per game." The Philadelphia Eagles don't have Lane Johnson, and they pull off an overtime victory over the Buffalo Bills, 37-34. to Jalen Hurts doing it with his arm and his legs mm-hmm. in a game that was horrible weather. Josh Allen went crazy. Mm-hmm. He went wild in that game, and you're able to find a way to win. 59-yard field goal that, that goes just, just over the bar. Okay? And then... In overtime, you march right on down the field and you end it with a walk-off touchdown from Jalen Hurts. On the draw. They have a little bit of that 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 team that is back on, on the, the grind. Af- but after team. a Super Bowl loss, like mm-hmm. that's the thing. That that Super Bowl hangover is not there for the no. Philadelphia Eagles. They looked prime and ready to go in to think that somehow, some way they lost to the New York Jets is their only blemish on the season. Wild. To mm-hmm. think about, but here they are at ten and one on on the season. I, I want it on the record. This yeah. is probably the only time I'm ever going to do this. Mm. Dak Prescott has been the best quarterback in the NFL in the second half of the season. Look at you by literally every metric. Look at you go. Mm. I'm so proud of you for that. Look, I'm just. He's been he's good quarterback. He's yeah. been he's he's been, I been good. He's been great. He has been. He's been fantastic. Uh, this one's going to trigger you. Mm. Them ponies. The Denver Broncos. They yes. do it again. God. That game is so ugly. It was so ugly, but 
it doesn't matter because they they won their last five games. In the last five, the Broncos have beat the Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings, Browns. Mm-hmm. One thing that all of those teams do have, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of the Bills right now, good defense, right? Mm-hmm. Chiefs have a, a really good defense. Vikings with uh, less, or, uh, um, Brian Flores, their defense has turned a corner, sure. and they're playing really good. The Browns have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're still finding ways to win games. Is Russell Wilson what he was in his prime in Seattle? No. No. But you know what? The, the Broncos defense is playing really good football, and their offense is doing just enough to win these games, and I don't care who you are. When you win by 17 in the NFL, that's a hell of a win for the Denver Broncos, 29-12, to 12, over the offensively inept Cleveland Browns. Yes. I don't care how bad their offense is, though. They're taking care of business. Five straight wins. I, I refuse. Got to give them credit. I, I refuse. Got to give them credit. I refuse to give that, t- that that team credit. It's stumbling into Just wins. be good enough. It's it's a, it's a it's worse than the Minnesota Vikings last year winning 11 one-score games. This is falling face first into wins. Uh, for me, my second up. Face this- first into wins, man. They dominated that oh, game. Oh, God. They beat the Chiefs 24-9. I mean, Mahomes dragging his corpse up and down the up and down the field. Uh, the Steelers didn't have to drag the corpse of Matt Cannon up and down the field anymore. Hey-o! Hey! Now they didn't put up the points, but they did get to 400 yards in the for, for the first time since 2020. It's the Steelers. Mm, it's the Steelers. Turns out it was Matt Canada's fault. Yeah, Matt Canada, not good. Yeah, not good at all. And what I like about that is that Fryermuth getting. The touches and the catches again. They're they're finding their tight end. Find the safety valve for your young quarterback oh, no who's struggling. Crazy. Nine catches, 120 yards. That was pretty good. Uh, my third up. Those Los Angeles Rams. Mm. All right, they're not a good football team, but they're you got to We're ramming it, but we'll give credit where credit is due because they rammed it right down the throats of the Arizona Cardinals. 33 carries for 228 yards. They had Kyron Williams, 16 touches for 143 yards. And Rolls-Royce Freeman, former Oregon Duck, 13 carries for 77 yards. Between the two of them, they averaged a sultry seven yards a carry. (laughs) Not too bad. Not too bad in the running game. And uh, they pull off a win over the Cardinals. But uh, being able to do it, on the ground is a little bit different for this Rams team that is on the struggle bus this season. But two wins over the Seahawks and uh, the Cardinals built to win games in your division. They are now three and one, even when your division sucks. or four and one. Sorry, in uh, NFC West play. Yeah, they're only lost in the divisions to the to the Niners. Yeah. Speaking of divisions, yeah, AFC South, not that bad. Not that bad in a wonderful struggle in the AFC South. Jacksonville Jaguars come out on top 24-21 after the Texans can't. They get a doink, a doink to lose the game in the final seconds. Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars are getting it done. Now 8-3, tied for the second-best record in the AFC. Dare I say it, Dusty, Duval is for real. Took it to the limit. They continue in year two, and now year three. Of Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars taking it to the limit. Yeah, they're really good, and I love Trevor Lawrence, what he said after the game, which is, uh, they're like, hey, what is it like? Do you like having all this great quarterback play in your division? He said, I'd prefer if they were all bad. (laughs) So, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, there you go. My first down is the Seattle Seahawks. I saw this from the great Bob Condota. 
of the Seattle Times. He said, uh, via some quick research, Seattle has been an underdog by nine or more points just seven times since 2011. Seattle has lost the last five of those. They are currently nine-point dogs to the Dallas Cowboys. (sighs) Things are not looking good for the old uh, Seahawks, especially after getting just whooped 31-13 by the 49ers on Thanksgiving night. Remind me, have the Cowboys ever had a good quarterback where they were the strong favorites where anything weird happened to them? Yeah, it happens uh, every year all the time. (laughs) If there's a slip-up, that's where it's going to be. Yes, I I recall (laughs) the last 30 seasons, Danny. (laughs) Uh, My first down goes to the Buffalo Bills. Two and four in the last six games. Uh, their their wins come against the Buccaneers and the Jets. In between that, it has been one score hell for them. 24-18, a loss to the Bengals. 24-22, and a loss to the Broncos. 37-34, and an overtime loss to the Eagles. As much as you want to sit here and talk about and gloat and praise the Denver Broncos, the Buffalo Bills have been a much better team and yet have come out on the wrong side of things over and over and over again. I think it's officially time to be worried about the Buffalo Bills. That's a bad statistic, buddy. Mm. It is really bad. Uh, my second one is whatever the Patriots and Giants game was. This team blows. Uh, it was really, really ugly football that we saw in that game. I can't re- recall a time where we have seen anything quite so ugly. Do you know mm. that they did not score a single point until the 153 mark of the first quarter? of the game <sighs> okay bigger do, fraud than lance armstrong do you know these what the uh previous record was for the longest stretch before scoring the first points of the game this Good nfl one. season uh excuse me it wasn't it, it wasn't the first quarter it was the first half yes 153 to go in the first half yes. it was 12 39 to go in the second quarter was the was the second longest they went a full 10 minutes longer yikes than dog. the longest scoring drought that was atrocious football. That I mean, it was just uh, everything about it was god awful. And uh, you mentioned the the uh, four hundred yard drought being ended by the Steelers. The New England Patriots now have gone sixteen games without getting four hundred yards of total offense. Good lord! I'm going to piggyback on this and and uh, take the New York Giants. Oh, all right. Winning this game as my second down because what the hell are you doing? Mm. What are you doing? Oh. That is a team you're vying with that also needs a quarterback. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Pack it up. Yeah. Pack it up, you complete idiots. Wow. All right. The Patriots are now third and more likely, significantly more likely to end up with a better overall pick than the Giants in taking away the quarterback possibilities that the Giants uh, so desperately need. Yeah, that's not good, Bob. Uh, that is not good at all. Uh, my final down is... The New York Jets. I don't know what else we can say about the New York Jets, but that was one of the most god-awful performances on Black Friday against the Miami Dolphins. They put old uh, our, our boy old Boyles out there, and we saw at the end of the half an incredible play by Javon Holland of the Miami Dolphins. He was 100 yards on a pick six, right, to end the half. Tim Boyle... Could not throw the ball 55 yards to get it into the end zone. Oh, no. Hail Mary pick six? It, it was it, it was one of the most absurd things that you could do. And I saw the most perfect meme of the day 
was when you uh, they had like butt fumble on one side Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day. Remember that was Thanksgiving Fantastic. Day, Mark Sanchez. Yeah. And then it was the pick six where like there were four linemen all on the ground and Javon Holland just running down the sideline. And those are two side-by-side images that just kind of encapsulate what the Jets are. The fact of the matter is, is that, do you know on that drive, they converted two fourth downs, and that was a 17-play drive that ended with a pick six. 35% of their total game time possession was on that drive. That's how bad their (laughs) offense was. Goodness. Goodness gracious. There's just... God, for all the great football we've had, there's been so much bad football, including Los Angeles Chargers in their now seemingly just willingness to employ Staley as a head coach. Here we go. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. First it's the defense, then it's the offense, then it's both. Uh, now you can't stop anybody and you can't score. I, they are inept on levels that I can't imagine with that much talent. Look, ooh. we know why the Panthers suck. They have nothing to work with. The Chargers have stuff to work with everywhere. Everywhere on both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball, and they yep. suck. You are 100% correct. This is a coaching malfeasance, and at this point in time, I don't understand why you're continuing to play to employ your head coach. I, I, I don't. I can't wrap my head around it. Well, um, on, the, on that note of what you just said, uh, they had a 19-play drive that went 81 yards, went 8 minutes and 44 seconds, and it ended with... Justin Herbert being strip sacked by Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. That was a drive that was longer than the one that I just mentioned about the Jets. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I, again, I don't know how you don't I don't I don't understand how you don't tarmac him. Love it. I don't I don't get it. Gosh, because they don't want to just pay the guy to do nothing and their cheap ownership. Uh, that has to be it. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That's the only justification that has any bearing in reality. Well, coming up next, we'll take a look at the college football playoff implications of the Pac-12 title game and whether or not Michael Penix Jr. is actually injured. That and more coming up in Danny Dusty, Danny the Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Pac-12 Championship Week. Brought to you by Mod PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080, the fan. The question everybody wants an answer to. It's not where's Waldo. Is is Michael Penix Jr. healthy? Oh, I have said this over and over and over and over again throughout the season post Oregon Washington. Michael Penix Jr. is not healthy. He got absolutely stuck in the ribs against Oregon. 
in those, I want to say the beginning of the third quarter, and from that moment on, he has not been the Heisman favorite anymore. No, he's not played nearly as well. They've had more balance to their their attack running the football, and their defense has improved a little bit. But that engine operates based on on Michael Penix Jr. His and they, greatness. They have played inferior opponents a lot closer mm-hmm. because something just isn't right. Yeah. And like this is with them getting Jalen McMillan back, too. I mean, I think that that is something that we need to focus on as we get closer and closer to the conference championship game is that that was a luxury that that Oregon had in that first matchup was that they didn't have McMillan in that game, right? It was Jeremy Bernard. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Polk. It was Adunze. And now you add that extra element, whether he is fully healthy or not, it is still a threat in that receiving core. But if Michael Penix can't be the dealer that he was in that game, it's it is a different offense and it's not nearly as explosive but it's timely and that's what i keep going back to is that they have been very timely but this is the best team that they will have faced since that injury happened to michael penix junior and if you look at what oregon has done to teams since that game they have absolutely dismantled them and on mm-hmm. the flip side washington has limped through against teams that have have been one dimensional. They really have. They've been one dimensional in the games that that they have played um, in their opponents. I, I do give them a ton of credit for the way that they played USC, but they got into a shootout in that game, mm-hmm. and I don't think you get into shootouts against Oregon. That no. that just doesn't happen with their style of play and the way that they want to move up and down the field. And their defense is a hell of a lot better than what USC's is. <laughs> So you can't bank on getting into a shootout in this game. You've got to bank on Michael Penix Jr. sustaining drives. And if he can't push the ball down the field and those ribs really are an issue, look, that's going to be a big factor in this game because I don't buy the fact he's under the weather or he's overly emotional. We've heard this. Like, the guy's gotten sick, like, two times since they played Oregon. Weird, like, put the guy in the damn bubble. Yeah, right? It's, it's weird how he just mean, just keeps getting sick. I don't, or, I don't understand it. And you cannot, like, I know that that's what they said about, like, he was overly emotional. I would have celebrated with his teammates, right, after the Apple Cup win? Yeah. Like, uh, that was a weird exit of the field. and. Yeah. If he is not okay, um, that's a big factor in this game. But I still go back to late in games when everybody knows in the entire stadium where the ball is going. They still find a way. They still get it done, and he still finds a way to get the ball to Roma Dunze. He throws an absolute dime 40 yards downfield. And here's the thing. You take a look at his last – let's look at the post-Oregon games, okay? Week after, they get Arizona State. Mm. 275. 275 yards, no tutties, two picks. Yep. He dismantles Stanford. Yes. 21 of 37, 369, four touchdowns. But again, Stanford. USC goes for 256, two tutties, and an interception. Utah, he looks like he gets back on track, but his completion percentage drops to 57%. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite look right. Then he completes 46% for a buck 62 against the Beavers, and then 54% for 204 against the Kooks. Yep. Look, those teams, like, you, you have a, a, a solid Oregon State team and a rivalry game, but, I mean, you start looking at that all in totality, that's not sick. You you aren't sick for a month. Yep. I, I mean, you could be, but. I mean, I'm sure. Not, something looks I, I'm not buying that. it. I, I think his ribs got broke, and he's been playing with either broken ribs or torn cartilage. 
Uh, and it, it, he got hit on the left side, and, and he's left-handed. He's a damn warrior for being able yeah. to play even at that level. Those numbers aren't the crooked numbers. No, but they're still numbers. really good. They're still really damn. But good. that's the thing is that's what makes this. That's what takes this team from a good Pac-12 team to yep. a national title contender. Yep. Him at his best. He's so, this again. This is this is more balanced USC. Yeah. Last year, the reason USC was so good is because they had a little bit more balance, but you had a quarterback playing at a level that just nobody could keep up with. Penix was doing that to start the year up until the Oregon game, really up until halftime of the Oregon game. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's very true. And the second half, Oregon looked different, but so did Mike Penix about midway through that third quarter. Um, and, and on the duck side, like there's a lot of questions that are still kind of up in the air too. I mean, Dan Lanning did say that uh, Gary Bryant Jr. is in good shape to play against UW. Which is shocking considering the way he went down. Well, yeah, the way he went down, that was pretty scary. Yeah. But Jalil Florence, look, he, was, he was in a sling yeah. on the sideline. Roderick Pleasant it wasn't playing. Like you need that depth, that corner. We saw that depth kind of play out over the course of that game. When Particularly they, when Bridges came in. Well, when Jalil Florence went down yeah. in that game against UW, and then Kyrie Jackson went down on the mm-hmm. same play, they had to bring two fresh corners in. And I thought Ty, uh, Triquis Bridges, he played really yes, admirably in that game. Like he he did. But to ha- you're going to need speed. You're gonna, And one thing that Oregon's defense is so good at is that They've built that roster to situationally can mix and match size and speed. Mm-hmm. And Roderick Pleasant is one of the fastest players in all of college mm-hmm. football. Like he is a burner. burner. He's got world class speed and on the track. But you also have Jalil Florence, who is your prototypical corner, yeah. right? He is not the the big body like Triquis Bridges, which his physicality kind of caught you dub off guard sure, it's a completely for, a few, set, for yeah. a few series. But then they just started saying, all right, well, let's, let's try to create mismatches with speed on him. And that's what, that's why you see all of these substitutions. They have speed and size at every level of the defense that they interchange situationally. They rotate more guys in than any other team in college football. I mean, it is mind blowing how many guys on every play, different packages coming in and out of the field. They're going to need their secondary to get more healthy, but Gary Bryant Jr. being healthy is is a big plus heading into this game. Yeah, the health of both the Ducks and the Huskies ahead of the Pac-12 title game is going to be huge coming up here on Friday afternoon. The last college football playoff jockeying is happening about an hour and a half from Woo! now. And we'll get our last preview before the final college football playoff uh, announcement comes out following the conference title week. Where will the Ducks and Huskies land? Coming up next on Danny and Dusty, Tina Fan. But first, here's the big kahuna. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down? Got it with somebody would have told me when I was younger. All bodies aren't the same. This is Pac-12 Championship Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080, The Fan. College football playoff bracket, as it were, is it to be announced for the last time ahead of the real deal. The penultimate. The penultimate. There you go. Yeah. In an hour and 19 minutes or so, mm-hmm. give or take, because they'll they'll give you the pomp and circumstance. Yeah. What changes do you expect there to be made? Boy, this is going to be really interesting because if the quality of the win really matters for you, which the committee has, has said that, you know, a quality of a win matters, Michigan should be the number one team in the country. Especially doing it without their head coach against Ohio State, mm-hmm. which 
they say they take injuries and and coaches being there or not being there into account. And also, that score was not indicative of the game. No, no, they played really well. They mauled Ohio State. And, you know, game control is mm-hmm. something that they always talk about. That is the second top 10 win in three weeks in the playoff committee's mind for the Michigan Wolverines. And I don't know if you can if you can say that Georgia has anything as close as what, what Michigan has, has on their resume. They have beaten a team that the committee has ranked 18th in Tennessee. But does anybody believe that Tennessee is a top 25 team? They have four losses on the year. No. They beat number nine Ole Miss, and they took Ole Miss behind the woodshed. And then they beat what the committee believes is number 12 Missouri, um, and they handled them by a couple of scores. But we're talking about the committee said at the time Penn State was the ninth-ranked team in the country. At the time, Ohio State was the second-ranked team in the country, and Michigan controlled both of those games and won both of those games. I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Michigan at number one. I could also see them saying, because we've seen Boo Carrington say this before, that Georgia did nothing to lose their spot as the number one team in the country, despite the fact that they played a really close game with Georgia Tech. Like they, it was, <laughs> they it, did something to lose their spot. They it, played a very close game with a program that's not very good. But you win. You win the game. And they they they've said ridiculous things like wow that's not enough reason to for them to knock down despite the fact Michigan did everything to prove yeah they probably deserve that number one spot right I, I don't know how they can say Michigan's not the top team in the country I don't either I, I, it, look I know how they can because SEC exists they do it but Michigan from everything that I have seen this season mm-hmm. they are the best team in the country yeah. Yeah, outside of that, I mean, you're going to have Michigan or Georgia 1-2, and I think it should be Michigan 1, Georgia 2. I think what you'll see is Washington move up to 3 and Florida State at 4 because those teams both played pretty tight games. Washington's way closer with Washington State than uh, Florida State's was with Florida. But, you know, they both won those those football games, Mm -hmm. and the committee said, hey, we believe Washington is better just last week despite what Florida State is doing. And so, I mean, again, I could see them flipping and saying, well, it was a convincing win by Florida State over Florida. Mm-hmm. But neither one of them should be punished for no. finding ways to win games. Because remember, just a week ago, when Florida State scraped by Miami, yes. they said rivalry games. Weird sure. things happen. They literally, that literally yes. came out of Boot Carrington's mm-hmm. mouth. And so he should keep that same State. energy yep. with the Apple Cup, right? But so Willie. I think it'll be three and four, Washington three. And uh, Florida State four. I think they'll follow what the AP did and, five. and say Oregon five, Ohio yeah. State six, because that positions the Pac-12 for a win in your in game. And I think they deserve to have a win in your in with the conference champion being I one do lost too. team and I, and I, or I, undefeated. I think my my frustrated argument from last week is is alive. I think there's legitimately a way that two Pac-12 teams can get in. There's going to have to be a lot that happens. Louisville has to beat Florida State. You have to have... Georgia beating Alabama. Georgia beat Alabama in... Maybe Texas lose. I think that's the other other domino needs to fall. Yeah, Texas losing to to Oklahoma Oklahoma State. State. If all three of those things happen, and Oregon-Washington is close, and Oregon wins, I think you could see Oregon 3-Washington 4. I could see that. I mean, I I could... Which would be insane, but... I, I think there is a there is a the door is cracked open. There was a lot of uh, was it Fox Fox mm-hmm. big uh, big game big, day big kickoff noon. or what off, yep. whatever they call it. It's not the big big noon's the name of the game, but like the big kickoff oh, show big or kickoff whatever. Show, yeah. I saw that 
like of their six panelists, mm-hmm. four of them had Oregon and Washington in the top four. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm kind of not like, out of the this realm. This isn't like trying to pop, prop up the Pac-12. I just think the way that, again, resume. Mm-hmm. Washington has beat four top twenty-five yep. teams, three on the road. Yep. Their one loss would be in a conference title game to the number five team in the country. Yeah. On a neutral site. Oh, it's just that West Coast bias we hear about all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Oregon's one loss would be by one score to the number three team in the country on the road. Those are the those would be the blemishes on their records. Yeah. So if we're going by resume, how can you argue otherwise against them? You can't. And that's that's ultimately that's what I was saying last Except week. Except for like, how many top ten or twenty five wins that you have on your schedule, I guess. Again, but, Washington will have four. Yeah, I think that they would in that scenario. If you're getting a one-loss Pac-12 team in, mm-hmm. I think they would make that argument for Ohio State, too. And you could say Ohio State's lone loss was to Michigan on the road by a touchdown. But also Regardless, they played nobody all season re- long. Well, they, they did beat Penn State, which they're getting credit for, and they have them at 11th, right? <gasps> it's, it's all what the committee feels, right? No. And I just got a text from Bar 2 mm-hmm. that, that says Ohio State 5, Oregon 6. Game is still winning you're in, though, if you're Oregon. Mm, that, he, that his metrics has it. He could he could okay. see them at you know Ohio State still holding on to that five spot, mm. and um, six being another one. Also got a, a little other things too. Mm. Yeah. Oh, pretty good. All right. Well, maybe we'll get to that and more coming up here as we wrap up today's show. Danny Dusty, today fan. This is Pac-12 Championship Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080 The Fan. According to Kerry Eggers, the Oregon State Beavers are going to make Trent Bray their new head coach. Yeah, that's a, it, it's a smart and safe way to go if you are Scott Barnes. If they do, in fact, go down this road where it is, you know, all signs point to it. You you had Angie Machado saying that it appeared that that was going to be the move early in the day. Uh, Kerry Eggers tweeted out that, you know, an announcement is coming soon. Uh, so I'd, I'd stay tuned on, on Kerry's, you know, Twitter and uh, to Angie Machado at BeaverBlitz.com. Everything that you've been hearing is... Yeah, it, it does point in that direction. And whoever the third candidate is, there's a lot of people that aren't quite... Um, there. There's a lot of the third name. We're seeing so many different names come out, whether it's Brent Brennan, the San Jose State coach, whether it's Matt Wells, the Utah State coach, whether it is, you know, the rumor mills of big names coming into Corvallis for that third interview. It does appear that it is... By all accounts, Trent Bray is who they're targeting. Players want Trent Bray. It is not restarting the build rebuild of the house. It mm-hmm. is keeping it intact as much as you yeah. possibly can. And the players are going to want that. And this is a big time for Oregon State to keep players that are Power 5 caliber players mm-hmm. because we found out the schedule is coming out too. Now it is what do you do with that staff? And, you know, of course, when, when any time that you hear any of these things, you know, I was talking to Dave Bartu, who does of the Matrix about you know who are the guys that are the hot names for coordinators and this is a conversation that you always have and 
he's got a laundry list uh, of guys that he believes are going to be really good uh, FCS. And he's like, hey, with Oregon State right now, you got that little bit of influx of money that's going to be coming. Uh, go and raid the Mountain West, right? Go try to build a staff that way. And you, you keep an eye on you know some of these FCS coordinators mm-hmm. that are up and down the West Coast. This is what um, you have to do. Yeah, and there's some really damn good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the Big Sky or you know some of the other ones like uh, you know I know USD had a, a really big season offensively yep. as well, and their FCS program. There's some good offensive minds talent down there that too. you can bring in mm-hmm. to to build an explosive offense. This is a big year though for Oregon State. Absolutely. All right, that'll do it for us today. We come back tomorrow from noon to three. Up next, you got four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. It's primetime with Isaac and Souk. Have a great Tuesday. See you Wednesday on The Fan. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.